This week's episode is sponsored by K16 Solutions. Institutions that are using Canvas and Banner have good reason to be excited. K16 Solutions, the company that brought the industry's first automated LMS migration and archiving options, now offers a data integration solution. Scaffold Data X is a new solution that extracts data from Canvas and Banner, places it in a neutral data model, and stores it in a data warehouse. The result is a cleaner view of the data. If your institution is looking for a better way to integrate its data, visit k16solutions.com. Hello and welcome to the EdSurge podcast, where every week we look at the future of learning. I'm Jeff Young. I'm an editor and a reporter here at EdSurge. We're a nonprofit newsroom covering education innovation at all levels from pre-K to college and beyond. I'm sure you can picture this scene. The college campus tour given by an upbeat student walking backwards and pointing out key spots on the quad. Those student workers for the admissions office, they may sound like confident ambassadors, but they sometimes have their own doubts about whether they've made the right college choice or are on the right life path. Or they might be more interested in trying to make some jokes to hone their comedy skills than selling the college. Those realities drive a new independent mockumentary web series called Admitted created by a group of undergrads at Boston University. Here's a clip. So back here, you will find our engineering lab, which has been in the making for the past four years. It's 10 stories high, and it has a library on the fifth floor and a food court on the sixth floor. So I figure if you're going to go into student debt, you might as well go bankrupt for Beacon. This five-episode series on YouTube, it involves the work of more than 20 students and some crowdfunding, and the use of some free studio space on campus. And it ends up making some timely observations about college admissions and about student life after the pandemic, when students sometimes still struggle to make social connections after high school experiences spent on lockdown. The series is set at the fictional Beacon Hill University. Not to be confused with a nearby rival campus in the world of the series, the University of Beacon Hill. One of the students leading and acting in this production is Maggie Borgen, who you heard in that clip we just played. And she has spent plenty of time thinking through issues of college choice. When she was a high school senior in New Jersey during the pandemic, she produced a podcast series called Second Semester Seniors that gave advice to other college students going through the admissions process during the health crisis. Regular listeners might remember I actually talked with Maggie back then about her podcast series, and what it was like to be a high school student during that stressful time, when college campus tours were super limited, and many of the usual rites of high school were canceled because of COVID-19. Since starting as a student at Boston University, Maggie ended up working in the admissions office, leading information sessions. And she thought this would make a great setting for a sitcom in the style of her favorite comedies like Parks and Recreation and Abbott Elementary. And the series is starting to get some recognition. It was recently named as a finalist in the Houston Comedy Film Festival. I was excited to check in with Maggie again to talk about the themes of her new web series and get her take on how college admissions is changing. But as you'll hear, I was also really interested to hear Maggie's take on some other issues we've been covering on the podcast lately, including the lingering effects of the pandemic that are leading to a rise of student disengagement and challenges that students are facing making connections. I started by asking Maggie why she decided to set her new web series 
in an admissions office. College admissions office seemed like a really good way to explore like coming of age, like in college through a workplace setting, but also in a way, in a, in a setting that is relatable to a general audience because most most Americans are thinking about college in some sense and college admissions in some sense because it's just such a big part of the zeitgeist. Um, and so it was exploring that idea, but then also having a chance to have a series set in college created by college students. And so there's also for the production team wanting to have that level of authenticity um, that we're writing this and creating this while experiencing it. One of the scenes in episode three, like one of the characters, Jake, like talks about how it's difficult making it can be difficult making friends, especially coming out of the pandemic. Like the pandemic is mentioned like in the series. And so it's that idea of a workplace setting, but then using that as a way to then further explore, like, what does it mean to be a college student in 2023? And what is it like experiencing um, college told by college students while we're experiencing it? Yeah, no, that I feel like I've watched the the web series. I know the the last one hasn't come out as we record this, so I haven't seen the final one. But the, um, the it does seem like a recurring theme is there's these students that work together and maybe spend a lot of time together really don't know each other. Yes, it was that idea of like you can be in a shared space, whether it's a workplace, a classroom, and you feel like you know them on like a surface level, but then when you think about it and you start discussing deeper, you realize like you don't really know each other as well as you think. Like that's, um, yeah. And like episode three, like the main character MC, who I also play, um, it like discusses basically saying like realizing, oh, you guys all don't know each other. And then creating like a scenario for them all to do two truths and a lie to basically force them all to get to know each other more. Um, realizing that like they've worked in a shared space, but haven't had these conversations. And it, it's kind of painful in a kind of funny way sometimes about how hard it is for these characters to actually go up to each other and find out about each other. Yeah. No, I think that that's like a lot of it, especially in like post-pandemic college experience of just like making that jump to have a deeper conversation um, can feel vulnerable and difficult sometimes. And so it was like, okay, how can we explore this idea of camaraderie and coming together but then also the realities of like yeah like social anxiety or just like the difficulty of like making that jump especially when it's like you first get to know them in something like a workplace setting similar for like a class setting um like there's even like a little like post-credit scene where um leo and avery are two of the other characters in the admissions office are talking and Leo tells like Avery, like, yeah, you didn't wave to me. We're in the same class. And Avery's like, we're in the same class. I didn't realize. And so that idea that sometimes when you have also like your blinders on, you don't fully realize everything around you and trying to have that message of like, yeah, breaking down those barriers and um, that camaraderie that can come from it in a coming of age college setting. Maybe there's some of this that happens in the last of the of the series, but it feels like just their connections to each other is a big kind of theme as they grow together to just have like some basic friendship. But it didn't feel like, you know, I think there's often a typical workplace, you know, um, sitcom mockumentary like The Office or all these things where there's like a, a romance really driving it. But it didn't necessarily feel like this was about like a romance being the goal. It's almost like just some more basic connections being like 
uh, as the highest, like, like hard thing to hit. Yeah, I mean, I think it really comes down to the different the different kinds of connections within the group. It's like there's a plot where it's like there's stuff about whether MC and Leo like both seem to like each other and what's going to happen. But we wanted it to feel true to college, where it's like kind of a will they won't they, but it's also like figuring out like does this person like me? Do I like them? And it's like we wanted it to feel a little more honest to the experiences that we we see around us where it's a little bit more hesitation um to like whether there is something there versus like it immediately being like fully like this will they won't they pam and jim um romance right off the bat and so it's like this idea that like there is a lot more hesitation especially in college when you're like okay like how do i feel am i this is this what i want and so trying to explore that but that that's not the main goal for the group the main goal is just like okay how can we come together on this deeper level than just the fact that we are working together and in the last episode um you'll see that the whole team the whole group comes together um to make a music video in alston which is a neighborhood right next to boston um and so we create the alston rap so there is a rap sequence in the last episode um and that idea of like okay how can we how can this whole group come together um, and do something as a whole? Because so far, like in the in the first four episodes, like you see a lot of the characters like going like in specific like duos or trios, like smaller groups, um, but not always coming together as a whole. In episode three, you come see them come together as a whole just at like the end, really. And so for episode four and five, um, Serena and I really tried to play with the idea of let's see these characters interacting with different characters than they have been in the first three episodes. Like, let's mix it up. And then episode five is when they really all are coming together as a whole group to do something together um, instead of just breaking off into groups. I'm curious, you, a lot of your podcast when we last spoke was about what it was like to be a student during the pandemic in high school. How has that impacted your adjustment to college? Yeah, so I would say, so for the pandemic, like when I went into my first semester of college, it was fall of 2021. Um, So it was still like, we were still fully in the pandemic, but restrictions loosening to varying extents, depending on where you were. So for me, I had COVID testing, I believe it was three times a week. um, And we had to have like a green badge. So you had to go in and sign in online fill out basically saying that you don't have any COVID symptoms and show your green badge to be able to get into any of the dorm buildings. Um, So, and then you were wearing, you know, masks all over. Um, So that was like my like first semester freshman year experience. By like second semester, things were starting to loosen up a bit. And then sophomore year has been fairly normal, as normal as one can be, like, coming out of the pandemic, Um, but it it affected my freshman year much more. Um, I mean, second semester, like, throughout both semesters, there was, like, COVID housing that you would be sent to, so, like, I ended up getting COVID second semester my freshman year, and then was basically, like, picked up by a white van to go to, like, this COVID housing, and then you, like, moved your stuff for five days, you'd have your food dropped off, and then you just stayed in this, like, other dorm, um, like, quarantining for those, for those five days, which, I mean, it was nice. The, the dorm was nicer than my dorm, so it was, like, I wasn't fully complaining. I was, like, okay, it could be worse, um, but, I mean, I'd heard stories that, like, if you, if you happened to get COVID when it was super busy, then you would have a roommate in quarantine. Um, I didn't have any roommate 
May. I was not there when it was that busy. Um, but it was definitely like something that was ever present on campus and figuring out like when to mask, when not to mask um, was something I think even into like sophomore year, like figuring out like, okay, in these bigger classes, should I be masking at this point? It's like, okay, am I just around people? Um, so I think that's been coming into like sophomore year was that was more the transition of like how, where to mask, like also knowing like the whole community has, is like, um, has like the COVID vaccine and stuff. So, um, it's been, at least COVID has been less and less present as I keep going through college, who knows how it's going to be with current potential like COVID numbers going higher. Does that all seem like a distant memory now that things are, are a little more back to normal? I think it's like, it's very much a part of my freshman year experience. I mean, for part of it, even like when we were, there were specific guidelines for if you're doing short films and you were like acting for when you could take off your mask and when your mask had to be on. So it was very much like shaped my, especially my first semester, um, second semester as well. Um, but I think like it definitely affected things just to the extent that like, as you were meeting people, you were masked, you like, it was always the the joke, which had happened to me a couple of times where you think you know what someone looks like under the mask and then they take off their mask for the first time. And you're like, oh, that was I did not guess that correctly. And I think it's one thing when you're like in high school and you probably know a lot of people already. It's another thing in college. You're meeting people for the first time and you're only seeing like, you know, from the nose up um, or from like just like the eyes, basically. And then they take off the mask and you're like, oh, that. OK, now I feel like I'm meeting you a second time. Um, so I think that definitely affected things in terms of just like meeting people um and figuring out when to mask you know i hear a lot about social anxiety in college of college students these days and how because of all the virtual modes that that happened in high school now that you're in college and things are back but sometimes i'm hearing that students aren't necessarily like you know like feeling as comfortable in those classroom settings that it seems like so many people are longing to get back to you once they're able to get back to it. Does that help happen to you or classmates? It definitely, I think the things that were difficult in terms of like figuring out social groups was in terms of people's opinions, especially second semester for like when to mask, when not to mask. If someone's a little sick, should they come? Should they not? I think navigating those things while also meeting people for the first time or getting to know people for the first time, like it's uncomfortable to have those conversations with family. Um, and, and then to like add another layer of it's people who you either have just met or have just been getting to know for a couple months. I think that's where there is, there's some like stuff within like my grade, especially in probably also like the grade above me um was really that like you're navigating more serious conversations about like health boundaries a lot sooner than you probably ever would have if not for a pandemic to talk about yeah like something that is a way more intimate and awkward potentially thing with people you're just meeting at a time where your identity is still being developed really, really. yeah and it's like issues in terms of like if someone has like it's like if they have like, like I have a chronic illness. So it's like, I would be a little more careful if family members have like illnesses and it's like conversations that you may or may not have brought up so soon. Um, if not for the fact that it was a matter of like a pandemic and whether or not to mask. After the break, what this student filmmaker has learned about college admissions by being on the inside of an admissions office and making a comedy series about it. Stay with us. 
What do UC Riverside, University of Memphis, and the University of Oklahoma all have in common? Well, they and hundreds of other institutions have used K-16 solutions to help them migrate to Canvas from their legacy LMS provider. And now, K-16 Solutions is solving even more problems for Canvas customers. Canvas institutions that are also using Elucian Banner can finally integrate their data for a comprehensive 360 view. Gone are the days of integration solutions that take months and years to implement or that require extensive institutional resources to build reporting. Scaffold Data X by K-16 Solutions extracts and integrates data from Canvas and Banner, places it in a neutral data model, and stores it in a data warehouse. The result is a cleaner, more accurate view of your institutional data. Scaffold Data X implementation takes just a few days. All data is updated near real time, and every data point in Canvas and Banner can be captured. If your institution is looking for a better way to integrate your data, visit k16solutions.com. Now back to the episode. How they interact or have trouble interacting is a big theme, but there's also the admissions part that I wanted to ask you about, right? Because you're right, people are interested in college admissions. And what is a key point that you hope to be making in Admitted about college um, admissions um, from from today's students' perspective? Yeah. So I think, well, one thing on like the the running joke side is definitely the idea that uh, first off, the students do not have any control in who's admitted. Despite basically, despite parents coming on the tours and students being like, just get me in. Is that the idea? Despite like it seeming like we have a new power, we don't in terms of admissions. Um, That's a little running joke. I think part of it too is the lesson that yes, you see these like people who these students working in college admissions but we're figuring out college as much as the like high school students who are picking college um so in episode two when you see like mc give her first tour and it's not going well and then avery and jake are basically trying to help her figure out how to like create how to do an effective tour um avery and jake have disagreements about what an effective tour means um and so it's this idea that like yes college students are working for admissions, but it's like, we're still figuring things out too. Um, So I think it's that idea that high school students are figuring it out. The college students are still figuring out like their exact identity because, you know, the type of info session I would give in freshman year is very different than what I would talk about now, just because I've had more experiences and there's more things I can talk about. Um, And I've grown a lot in the past two years. And so it's this idea that, you know, the the student employees are growing while still doing this job. Um, And I think it's also the idea that, um, like, one of the ideas we play with is that not all of the characters necessarily thought this was the school they were going to end up at. And I think it's the idea that you, in college admissions, you don't exactly know. It's like, in in some ways, it's a gamble. It's luck, as well as talent that's going to get you into certain colleges. Um, And you might not end up at a college that you think you're going to go to, but you can still have an amazing experience and create a home there and it could be an even better experience than you imagined. Um, And so just kind of that that message that you might not end up where you originally thought you were, um, but you will still have an amazing experience. And that's that's something that the characters are grappling with. And that also just is that college admissions theme overall. Yeah. And I, I one of the things about that very idea of like, 
um, the right college idea. It seems like there's a funny scene where your character on her first tour that she's giving kind of almost is uh, dissing accidentally the college sometimes that she's representing and talking about the high costs of college and in ways that are authentic sounding, but not necessarily a sales pitch. Um, and so I thought that was kind of a, a funny thing where, you know, like you're, you're designated as the student salesman for the college, but you're not necessarily figured it all out yet and may not even fully like be the best representative at that time. Yeah, I think it's like you there's this idea that like the students are growing into the job and that they also are like as they are growing and maturing through doing the job that that's also how it's helping them explore their own identity. Um like in episode 2 like that one of the last lines is this idea that um my character says on a tour which is like I came for a person but I stayed for the people. So this idea that she first attend decided to go to Beacon Hill University because that's where her boyfriend at the time had already gotten in and she was like okay this sounds as good as anything else but uh, like her and her then boyfriend like they had broken up so basically she was grappling with okay why am I why am I here now um and then through the admissions office was able to like make this group of friends be able to explore her own identity and her own person and realize like okay like this might have been the reason I originally came but this is why I'm staying and like this is why I'm really here um and so I think it's it's that message that yeah it's it can take time to figure out why you're out of school and just like what you want to get out of that experience um but that there's so much that's positive about all of it like and just honoring that journey no it is interesting because nobody goes to class and you know there's no scene of a person going to class there's no scene of some other typical things. It's very focused inside this admissions office. Um, and so anything, you know, I, I think it's, it's an interesting reminder of how much college and coming of age that happens in college does not happen in the academics. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I think it was, it was very intentional to be able to do a lot of the exploring just within the office and it was it was a lot of fun thinking of like, OK, what are the conversations? What are we thinking about if we just use this one space? Like, obviously, yes, they're going to class. They have lives outside of the office. But you also you don't really see them like socializing outside of like outside of all of it. Like you hear mentions of like MC and Avery texting outside of like the workplace to like hang out and stuff like that. But you really mainly see them hanging out in the office. And so it was this idea of like, okay, how can we create these conversations and these scenarios really around this workplace and this specific, um, the specific coming of age um, instead of like college as a whole? Like, let's just focus in on this like micro level. What, what else have you kind of uh, learned about college admissions? through all of this we've talked about through your podcast thinking about it before you got into college and now doing this series um what are some other interesting um insights that you've gleaned yeah i think for college admissions i mean it's also it's also been interesting because my my younger brother's going to senior year so i've also been thinking about college admissions again senior year of high school yeah senior year of high school yeah so i've also been thinking about college admissions again as i've been talking to him about college applications um so yeah i think that i mean i've touched on this a little bit already but i think there's no one right fit for college and um the idea of having a dream school can a lot of times hurt you more than help you because what you think might be your dream school there might be perfectly amazing opportunities you'll have in another school too 
Um, and just being able to find that home, find your place in whatever school you end up going to. Um, so I have some, some trust in the process of like where I've ended up and cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose another school if I had to choose again. Um, so I think that's one of the things is like figuring out right fit. And then I think also a lot of times there's a lot of parental stress and influence for like high school juniors and seniors during it and I think a lot of it is also like listen to your gut and listen to your intuition and like yes make sure you're like editing your essays and working on them but at some point like you know college admissions officers like they want to see you on paper it's like they're they're admitting you and they it's like if you don't genuinely see yourself going there even if that's some place that like others around you are like oh, you should apply to that because that's a good school or because of so-and-so. Like, if you don't genuinely think you're going to enjoy going there, it's not worth applying Um, because it's really, like, at the end of the day, it's your journey. And I think just, like, empowering, like, juniors and seniors and, like, then college freshmen to know, like, college is your journey and you're the one who's going to be going through all of it. So you need to go someplace that you want to be, like, doing everything you want to jump into. And once you're at college, knowing, like, it's like daunting, but it's also like, this is your journey. No one's going to like throw resources at you, but there are so many there. Oh, hold on, sorry. Um, but yeah, no one's going to throw resources at you once you're in college. Um, and so like, once you're there, just knowing like, go to, for the resources, try to get into that class. Like if you really want to take, like there's a class that I really want to take that's mostly for um, like students in the College of Fine Arts, but I reached out to the professor and was able to get on the wait list and then was able to take it. And then like, I wanted to take a grad student section of a TV writing class and then now I'm taking it this semester. So it's like, no one's gonna tell you like, hey, you should go do this. But just remember, like, it's your college experience. It's daunting, but also see it as empowering and go forward for whatever you want. Um, And know that, like, the worst thing is that people will say no and hearing no is not as scary as it sounds. Like, once you get used to hearing it a couple times, like, you just know that it's like the no's are going to help you get to, like, whatever right direction. So it sounds nobody likes the no's, but it does feel like maybe after the out of the pandemic, it's even harder Yes. Yeah. No's are, it's not easy hearing no's. I think it's knowing that like, if you have a specific idea in mind, or if you know, like, okay, there's this specific major specific thing I want to explore. If you hear a no in that direction, in one direction, knowing that that's not the end all be all, you can still like, you can pivot, you can figure out different opportunities. So my biggest thing for like people going into college and in college is just like, knowing like this is your your experience and for you to kind of like feel empowered in it and there's always going to be someone who looks like they're doing something more than you or something different that seems better and you just have to at some point like learn to be able to just like accept your journey and be happy with where you're at and as long as you're happy with your journey you don't need to be worried about like what everyone else is doing because especially at a big school there's always going to be someone to compare yourself to um but i think it's just kind of like having having that confidence to know what you want and also saying saying what you want so for me it's like i know i want to do tv show running and acting and so if i'm talk if i'm networking if i'm talking to people i'm like i want to do tv show running and acting and like just like preemptively being bold and going out there if you know what you want to do and if you don't giving your space that room to explore and so just yeah taking charge of your own college experience and if it feels right for you intuitively, just like trusting your gut with, with that direction, because at the end of the day, when you 
graduate, like you're going to be the one who's out there doing it. That's great. And I, you know, I do want to ask about class, even though that's not in the scope of your documentary or mockumentary. Um, do I want about class? We've done some reporting at Ed Surge about a kind of feeling that a lot of students seem to have of disengagement from class and, and harder to connect. And frankly, there's these technologies like chat GPT that have come out and we're also hearing concern about like, well, how do you even tell what is the student anymore? And I feel like it's all sort of wrapped up and I'm curious what you as a student and what your classmates kind of, whether you see, changes in that sense of engagement with the material obviously in your activities you're so engaged but when you're in a class maybe that's not even in your major um what how is that going yeah i would say the one thing is now there is definitely stuff on like syllabi saying like no use of ai and stuff you know in in classes and i think for me also especially in um film and tv and also with a focus and stuff in writing um there's a lot in terms of like AI and writing, well, not using AI for writing, which is also something that's just in discussion as in the writer's strike currently as well. Um, so I would say in terms of like class engagement, I think that like, I mean, I think that overall for me, when it's film classes, it's a little different because a lot of mine are very hands-on still like for art house, for like the um, production class I did this past year, we were fully like on set or in pre-production. So it was very much like, Everything was about communication and um, creating this. So a lot of my, a lot of the film and TV classes I have are just so engagement based that it you don't feel too. At least I don't feel like that disconnect because it so much is just like rooted in, um, rooted in like discussion. Um, I think that like in some lecture classes, you know, like sometimes it's hard for like for to speak up. Um, I always try to like speak up in classes, but hard to say how much is attributed to anything post pandemic versus just it's a lecture class at 10 a.m. And it's it's like 19 year olds or 20 somethings who aren't running on much sleep. Um, so I've felt pretty good engagement in in my classes, especially like in film and TV, because so much of film and TV is like teamwork, especially like I had a like lecture discussion um, class in um, this past semester for uh, TV studies. Um, and in the discussion, we were constantly doing group work. So I would say in the film and TV major, everything is very much like group based, collaboration based. Um, my non like film and TV classes, I think that like when it's just like the straight up like lecture and there's like, like, they, it's sometimes hard to engage. But I also think that's not necessarily attributed fully to COVID versus college students in a lecture class. Um, and a lot of my classes are do have like discussion sections or a lot of discussion based um, time in class. Um, but I do think there is more engagement in like the activities sometimes than there are in some of the classes. But as a, I'm guessing it could be different for like other people who are like in different majors. But I think for certain majors where it's so collaboration based, you're just forced to have that engagement. You have to be engaged in it because that's that's the job. Um, so for me in my in the classes that I've had, they've all been like very engaged and very collaborative. Um, even like post pandemic, I think that the only time where it was a little bit confusing and more blurred was more my freshman year when 
it was some t- like there were classes where it was like okay is stuff going to be on like at what time can you be on zoom versus in person um and that was like if it was like if you get sick with covid or if you're sick at all like at what point can you use like zoom versus when do you have to show up in person versus when will you just miss and make up the notes later and i think there was just like there was like there was a lot of stuff where it was like gray areas kind of first second semester freshman year because everyone was trying to figure out what to do while it was still pandemic but then almost post pandemic and this it wasn't quite clear exactly what to do um so i would say there was a lot more of it in freshman year where there was and it was it's also i will say a lot harder to speak up when you have your mask on so um it was I would say it was more difficult in freshman year with some classes sometimes or you would just see the same people speaking up um because you have to speak a little bit louder if you have like your N95 on um whereas I think more recently as people haven't had to wear masks as much it's it's definitely easier to engage um because there's not that literally like a physical barrier to like have to speak up a little more and I also think like if you're wearing a mask and you already don't always like to talk in class it's a really good like excuse not to because it's like okay this feels a little too intimidating which is fair um so I think there's more of it in freshman year and as we've kind of come out of the pandemic more and more it's been a lot easier no and, and it seems like both in your web series and what you're describing it does feel like people are just it's taking a while for the social interactions to resume even first people were thrown back together, but that didn't instantly make it go to this like free flowing, you know, conversation. But over time things are, it sounds like you're painting a picture at least among people you're interacting with or people are coming back to social. Yeah. I will say though, that still talking to peers, we all in some way still feel a little stuck in junior year of high school because that was when COVID started for my year. Um, Unless like for people who took a gap year and stuff. So a lot of us, when we talk about it, we're like, okay, like, yes, it's like, I'm like, I'm going to turn 21 in a few months, but it's like, I'm still almost like, like, okay, I was like 16, like 17, like does not feel like that long ago. And so still kind of almost stuck a little bit in that junior year. I don't know if this is like a trend overall or just something I noticed at BU, but coming in a freshman year, a lot of people were still in like their high school relationships and stayed in their high school relationships for a while, which I don't know if that's a trend or just something I noticed. Um, but I, when I saw that, I was wondering like, oh, could that be attributed at all to like stuff with the pandemic where it's, it's comfortable to be in that group that like has been through that. Is that something you went through as well? I did not. I was like, I just went into college just, just observing it all. Um, so that was, that was interesting to see in terms of like, um, patterns was it seems like there might be, yeah, a little bit more clinging, there might be more clinging on to high school than normal, but I also haven't been through college in the time that wasn't during the pandemic. So it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, noticed a lot of people staying in high school relationships for a while into college, which was just like, I wondered if that was anything to do with the pandemic. And then overall, just a lot of people, even us going into junior year of college now, feeling like junior year of high school was like not that long ago and that, um, it, it was almost a little stuck in some senses, but for people who experienced the pandemic 
in a more in a way that was more locked down. I think that's another thing coming into college was you realized how different everyone's experiences were during the pandemic. Um, Because for me, it was like I was in I live in northern New Jersey, like that's where home is. And so um, we were very much locked down. But, um, you know, I have friends who live in who are from Florida, who are from Georgia, very different story. Um, Friends like internationally who are from like Mumbai. Um, that was a different experience. So I think that was another thing coming in is that it wasn't like everyone was at the same level where everyone was just shut down. It was people were coming in having had a very different past year and a half. Um, Some people who like, everyone had pretty much been locked down, you know, end of junior year. But then for senior year, it was completely different based on who you're talking to. Um, And so I think that was another thing in terms of like connections and just like being at different levels is, some people came in having barely had any like school, like high school in person um, in senior year. And some people had like an almost eerily normal senior year, at least like had been in person more. And so I think that's another thing for like my grade that's probably different than the grade above me is that like when they graduated, it was like during COVID fully. So their end of senior year probably looked pretty similar across the board. Um, but for like my grade, that like you know a few months might have looked the same but the year after that was like completely different based on what region they're from all right well um i i wanted to switch back to the web series how how unusual is it for college students to be making these i'm sure there are plenty um you're not the only one who has these you know visions of of using a web series to kind of break out is it is it pretty common in the the, the student um, TV world you're you're in right now? Nationwide, I think like web series, it's definitely a thing. It was more so, it was like really, really trendy, really in like around the time of like the beginning of like the TV show like Broad City and Insecure. Both of those started as web series. Um, so probably like about 10 years ago, maybe a little less, was when like web series were were really like a lot more popular um and so i think they're hopefully starting to come back a little bit more um there's much more of a student film um like culture versus student web series um and so a lot more of what i see like with like friends who are at other film schools not like not be you um is much more of doing a lot of like student films and that's very trippy as well so i would say web series are not like as popular as they used to be but i think and hope that um they're they're coming back a little bit and like this semester like now i'm going to be doing a whodunit like limited series like three-part limited series so it's like um even for me it's like admitted was like web series from last year and then doing another web series um this semester so i'm hoping that there is a little bit a little bit more of that web series culture coming back and being revitalized um but it'll be interesting to see especially post writers actors strike um what happens because like right now they can't make anything that's supported by studios and at least in the 2007 2008 like writers strike a lot there's a lot more web content coming out because they could make that since that wasn't with through a studio so 
it'll be interesting to see if a similar similar thing happens again because of the strikes um, and whether there will be any move towards web content. But I also think it's a little bit of a different time now because there wasn't TikTok, you know, back when like web series were big. And so not as many people watch YouTube in the same way that they watch TikTok. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see in terms of, um, which way people end up going for like web series in the future. And why did you want to do a mockumentary? I, mockumentaries are my, my favorite, like subgenre of comedy. Um, my favorite show is Parks and Recreation. I also, most recent favorite, like current television show is Abbott Elementary, um, so I have always been drawn to like mockumentary sitcoms. Um, so for me, like that was an obvious like choice of like subgenre to explore. Um, so I also love mockumentaries as a way to feel very like connected to the characters. So it feels it feels truthful because like you're you're it feels like you're hearing directly from the character. Um, and I think there's also a lot that can be explored, especially with like the plot like admitted where the characters aren't necessarily saying everything to each other. And so those talking heads are really good ways to be able to like get some more insight on what they're thinking because part of part of the themes with what you've seen admitted is that they don't fully know each other and they might especially in college, it's like you might act one way around people, but then be thinking something slightly different, but not fully know if you can say that or not. And so um, like whether you're like comfortable, like being vulnerable with people. So I think that also within the college setting, talking heads work really well as a way to be able to hear directly from them in a way that is like more comfortable for like, quote unquote, comfortable for the characters so that they're sharing more. Um so you get into their interior monologues the through these little like uh conceit of like being interviewed for the mock for the documentary about the setting. <laughs> and um no that's fun. And why do you why is Abbott Elementary for you the gold standard? Like what is it you like? You like? Yeah, I think for Abbott Elementary, I mean it just it reminds me so much of like the mockumentary and television shows that you would see on like and on like NBC, you know, like 10 years ago or so, like a decade or so ago, like Parks and Rec and The Office. Um, And so it just feels to me very like nostalgic, even though it is current. Um, I also really admire Quinta Brunson um, as someone who's a showrunner, writer, actor. And like, that's exactly what I want to be doing. And I've like watched her since she was like doing BuzzFeed videos. So it's also very inspiring to see her and what she's doing. So um, I love it from like a story perspective um, because of like, everyone can relate to like going through like elementary school. Um, And it's like, I like that it's in Philly. That's not so far from me that I'm in Jersey. So it's like, okay, I can relate to some of the Philly stuff. Um, And seeing this like, yeah, seeing these teachers, like everyone can relate to being in elementary school. Um, um, Abbott Elementary is most likely what I'm going to use for my like, uh, to write a spec script for like my class this fall. Cause like, I was like, I love it. Like if they want to hire me. I'm like, come hire me. I love, I love Abbott elementary. And like, I'm excited to see it, um, see the next season whenever, whenever like everything is back in Hollywood. So I think it's that idea that, um, you really care about the characters and I love on like shows that have ensembles, um, because you really get to know, like a whole range of characters and see all the dynamics. Um, And I think Abbott Elementary plays really well with all of that in a relatable setting, but 
also also like doing things that can make a tangible difference like I know they've done like partnerships in terms of like I think like raising money for teachers and stuff so also like using tv for a cause um is something that I think is really awesome and I'm like passionate about so oh that's funny and it's is an ongoing theme as regular listeners to this podcast know we often talk about Avid Elementary it is a important touch point for for our show here I have been trying to get Quinta Brunson on the podcast so if she is listening you're sounding like you're you're hoping she'll hire you also Hopefully she'll come on the show. So if anybody uh, is listening that that is a friend of hers, tap her on the shoulder, tell her to tell her to find us. But this is that's great. All right. Well, um, honestly, this has been such a pleasure. I really appreciate the time and for all that you're sharing. Um, and we'll interesting to see what happens next with, with your work. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been the Ed Surge podcast. Every week we bring you episodes like this one. If you like the show, I hope you'll follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And please take a minute to give us a rating, hopefully a five-star rating. It just takes a second and it helps others find the show. To find the mockumentary that we talked about and links to other topics we discussed on the episode, you can visit edsurge.com and just click on our podcast page to find out more. This episode was put together by me, Jeff Young. You can find me on Twitter at jryoung or on the web at jeffyoung.net. Editing this episode by Rebecca Koenig and music by Komaku. We'll be back again next week with another look at the future of learning. Thank you for listening.